0: Immigration Advocates Network podcast.
1: Hello, welcome. This is the Immigration Advocate Network podcast series on special issues in naturalization and citizenship. Today's topic is naturalization strategies and information for seniors. My name is Patricia Malone, I am the staff attorney at the Immigration Advocate Network and our guest speaker is Laura Burdick. Welcome Laura. Thanks Pat. Laura is the Naturalization Project Coordinator at CLINIC, the Catholic Legal Immigration Network Incorporated. She's been CLINIC's resident expert on citizenship and naturalization issues for 14 years now so we're pleased to have her here today to orient us on naturalizing seniors. Laura, the first question I want to cover with you, just to set the stage, is what are the basic requirements for naturalization?
0: Sure. Well, the general requirements for most applicants are you have to be at least 18 years old. You have to be a lawful permanent resident or green card holder for at least five years. You have to have at least five years of continuous residence in the U.S., so no long absences. You have to be physically present in the U.S. for at least half of the five years. You have to pass a test on reading, writing, and speaking English, and on U.S. history and civics. You have to have good moral character, and you have to be willing to take an oath of allegiance to the U.S. And the requirement that is usually the most challenging for seniors is the citizenship test, particularly the English test. And seniors do have lower pass rates on the citizenship test than other applicants.
1: Mm, so what special rules apply for seniors who seek to naturalize?
0: Well, there's several special rules that are applicable to seniors. Uh, the first are the automatic English exemptions that are based on age and long-term residence. We call these the 50-20 and the 55-15 English exemptions. So if you're 50 or older and you've had your green card for 20 years or more, then you qualify for an automatic English exemption. And that means you don't have to take the English test and you get to take the history and civics test in your own language with an interpreter. And that is an oral test on history and civics, so you don't have to be able to read and write in your native language if you qualify for that exemption. And then if you're 55 or older and you've had your green card for 15 years or more, again, you qualify for that automatic English exemption and you get to take the history and civics test in your own language. And then there's also a provision uh, called special consideration that's for applicants who are 65 or older and have had their green card for 20 years or more. Uh, For those applicants, um, not only do they qualify for the automatic English exemption, but they also get to take an easier history and civics test in their own language with an interpreter. It's an easier test because um, it is based on a list of 20 study questions instead of the standard list of 100 study questions, and uh, the questions are the easier questions from that list of 100 that are used for the special consideration test.
1: And what if a senior applicant doesn't qualify for one of the automatic English exemptions?
0: Well, there's several other provisions that may be helpful if they don't qualify for an English exemption. One of these is called uh, due consideration and that is applicable to seniors. This is a provision in the regulations that allows the USCIS officer to use their discretion to give an easier history and civics test to applicants who have certain factors in their background like advanced age or limited formal education or long residence in the U.S. or efforts made to study and prepare for the citizenship test. So a senior applicant, just by virtue of their advanced age, could request due consideration on the citizenship test.
1: And due consideration is different than the special consideration that you mentioned previously?
0: Yes. Yes, special consideration, again, is the automatic, it's part of the automatic English exemption and it means that you get the easier test, but due consideration is really just asking the CIS officer more informally to use their discretion to choose easier questions for you on the citizenship test. It's more informal than special consideration and there's no list of questions that are used for due
1: consideration. How do you make a request for due consideration?
0: We recommend submitting a letter at the interview that explains the applicant's background and the various factors that warrant due consideration because often these factors are not something that the CIS officer would be aware of. It's not necessarily information that would be part of the citizenship application so that's why we recommend a letter and we have a sample letter on our website uh, which is www.cliniclegal.org.
1: And in addition to doing uh, that letter in advance, what are other ways in which we can help our senior clients prepare for naturalization?
0: Well, there are a couple of other provisions um, that may be helpful for senior applicants. Um, One provision is called Reasonable Accommodations. Um, for a disability, and reasonable accommodations are modifications to the naturalization policies and procedures that are made in order to um, allow people with disabilities to participate in the naturalization process and to reduce any disadvantages they would face as a result of their disability and reasonable accommodations are required to be provided for people with disabilities it 's their right to request uh, reasonable accommodations. Um, so Uh, A lot of times seniors will have multiple chronic health problems that are considered disabilities and therefore could qualify for accommodations such as mobility issues, um, heart disease, high blood pressure, hearing problems or vision loss. So some examples of accommodations that might be helpful for seniors are asking for more time on the citizenship test, uh, asking for an oral test for an applicant who has uh, vision problems asking the officer to speak loudly and slowly and repeat the questions for someone who has a hearing loss. Um, And I think also having a support person like a family member or friend attend the interview with the senior can be very helpful in terms of reducing anxiety and that can result in better performance on the test. And that's something that can be requested as an accommodation for a disability. And there's a space on the N-400 where you can request accommodations or you can bring a letter to the interview um, or you can schedule uh, an InfoPass appointment at the local CIS office prior to the interview to request accommodations, And again, we have a sample letter on our website uh, for how to request accommodations.
1: In general, how amenable has uh, US.CIS been to the request for accommodations?
0: Uh, I think they've been quite amenable to the request as long as it's you know something. Uh, reasonable and something that makes sense for the type of disability that the applicant has, and that's something that I think can be explained in the letter. You want to explain, you know, I have this particular disability. Because of this disability, it's difficult for me to do X, Y, and Z. This is how it affects me, and as a result, I would like to request the following accommodation. So you want to make sure that there's a clear explanation of the type of accommodation that's needed and how it's going to address the person's disability, but. Um, Having said that, I think um, CIS is very um, uh, amenable to providing accommodations in my experience.
1: And and does CIS require any documentation in support of the request for accommodations?
0: There is no documentation that's required for an accommodations request, but CIS does reserve the right to request evidence of a disability if it's something that's not apparent. Um, So, you know, you want to keep that in mind. Generally, no. There's no need to provide any documentation, but um, you may want to bring a doctor's letter um, if it's something that uh, is not very apparent from looking at the applicant.
1: Laura, you mentioned disability waivers for seniors. Can you talk a little bit more about that, please?
0: Sure. This is another provision that may be helpful for senior applicants and uh, this disability waivers are a waiver of the English and or history civics test that's available for applicants with certain serious disabilities that make them unable to learn the information on the test. And um, again, because a lot of seniors have major chronic health problems, they may qualify for a disability waiver and most disability waiver applicants are seniors. So, for example, if a senior has brain damage uh, due to a stroke and they're unable to learn the information on the citizenship test, they may be able to get a waiver of the citizenship test. And you would request a disability waiver by filing the form N648 and the waiver is not automatic so each request is evaluated on a case-by-case basis.
1: And what's the time frame for adjudication of a disability waiver? Does it the applicant know before attending the interview or how does he or she find out?
0: The waiver is adjudicated at the citizenship interview so at that time the CIS officer will uh, review the uh, N648 and um, you know make a determination as they're going through the interview with the applicant.
1: What resources are available to nonprofit and pro bono attorneys who are helping seniors apply for citizenship?
0: The well, clinic has a free guide on our website called Strategies for Naturalizing the Most Vulnerable Applicants that was just updated last month, that's in December 2011. And here you can find detailed information about those special provisions that I just described like the due consideration and the reasonable accommodations. And uh, you can find the guide on our website, it's www.cliniclegal.org under Resources. We also did a webinar on this same topic of strategies for naturalizing the most vulnerable back in September of 2011, and that was recorded and posted on our website along with the PowerPoint slides that's available to the public as well. Another good resource is our free handbook, Citizenship for Us, which is also on our website, and this was recently updated as well. And then we have a citizenship toolkit on our website that has sections on helping seniors and people with disabilities, and the toolkit has lots of great, resources, um, like sample letters requesting due consideration, uh, as well as translations of the 100 history and civics questions that we've collected in 15 different languages. And then if you go to the USCIS website, they provide translations of the 100 questions in the top four languages of applicants, and that's Spanish, Chinese, Tagalog, and Vietnamese. And then uh, CIS is also working on some new resources for helping seniors prepare for the citizenship test in terms of educational strategies. And they're in the process of gathering information and recommendations from service providers. So we can look for these resources to be posted on the CIS website in the near future.
1: Thank you. I'd like to add to your list the resources that we have here at Immigration Advocates Network If you go to our website, www.immigrationadvocates.org, you will see that we have a library. Click on library and in the main menu see naturalization and citizenship where we house those resources and it includes a file on special naturalization rules. Anything else for today, Laura?
0: Well, sure. I also just wanted to mention a few suggestions for um, what we can do to help our senior clients best prepare for naturalization. Um, So I just wanted to mention I think um, seniors a lot of times have a lot of anxiety about the citizenship interview and the test, especially if there's a lot at stake in their naturalization. Um, For example, Sometimes you have a situation where a refugee senior is going to lose their SSI benefits if they don't become a citizen, so they may have tremendous anxiety about the interview and the test. So I think anything that you can do to help boost their confidence going into the interview and the test will be helpful. Um, You'll want to make sure they're extremely well prepared and they know what to expect at every step um, in the interview process. And I think mock interviews are very helpful in this regard. Also, talking to other uh, clients who have successfully completed the interview can be very helpful in terms of what to expect. Um, One of our affiliates arranges tours of their local USCIS office so that applicants can see the space and meet the CIS staff in advance. And they found that this greatly reduces the applicant's anxiety levels. So, you want to do as much as you can to try to demystify the process for seniors and get them comfortable.
1: And just for our listeners, I'm going to recite your website again where you can find so many of these resources and publications, and that's www.cliniclegal.org. And ours at Immigration Advocates Network, again, is www.immigrationadvocates.org. And you also mentioned, Laura, the USCIS website, which is www.uscis.org. Gov. Well, thank you so much Laura Burdick for your help today and your expertise and thanks to Clinic for lending you to the Immigration Advocates Network to produce this podcast.
0: Thank Take you Pat, care. it was my pleasure.